0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: Welcome back to The Fighter versus The Rider. I am your host, as always. I am Damon Martin, and today I am joined by one of the busiest guys in all of mixed martial arts. He's a, he's a top fighter, but these days he's best known as a top coach, also a top analyst. I welcome back a good friend of mine, James Krause. Excuse me. let me, Hold on. Let me, the James Krause. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm, I'm fantastic. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's funny. I've known you for a long time, and we've done – interviews all over the years. I don't know if I ever asked you, where did the James
1: Krause come from? This is kind of a stupid story. Uh, So like I was, whenever like Twitter started up and all that, so this has been 10, 15 years ago, whatever it was. And uh, I was looking for a, like a a handle on like Twitter, Facebook, whatever Instagram wasn't around at the time. And uh, James Krause was actually taken, like just regular James Krause was actually taken And it was taken by a guy that I went to college with. There's another guy named James Krause in the college that I went to. And uh, anyway, I didn't want to put like a, you know, James Krause 155 or anything like that, you know, because I I figured at some point I would switch weight classes, but uh, I didn't know what to put. So I just put that and I was like, I'll just change it later. And it just stuck. It never, (laughs) it never, uh, you know, so.
0: I like it. I personally like it. It's it's the simplicity of it. You know what I mean? Like you get a lot of weird nicknames in this sport. I think D James Cross is pretty pretty damn uh,
1: catchy. Yeah, I mean it's it is what it is. You can't really pick your nickname. I didn't like it, but everybody just stuck, you know what I mean? this is what it is.
0: Yeah, well I like it. So I, like I said, count me amongst that group that does like it. Uh James, of course, as I said, you're one of the busiest guys in this sport. You know, it's funny. I, I see your name and I, I you know obviously I tweet at you occasionally and I'm always like you're always doing stuff and I just realized that it's actually I looked at your record just before we did the interview just because I was like to you know do my research October of this year was be a little over one year since you fought now uh, now I know yeah. you tried to jump in a fight a couple of months ago on literally a day's notice because that's just what D James Krause does uh but what like because you've been so busy with coaching like kind of be honest like have you kind of put your own fight career like in the back burner a little bit while you've been
1: focusing on the gym and coaching like, what's going on yeah man it's tough i think we have like 17 guys in the ufc now we have one in bellator you know and then we have our own show on fight pass that we do and it's just i mean i don't want to say like i'm not i haven't told anybody that i'm retiring but i i'm not really like actively looking to fight or anything like that so uh i don't know you know it's weird i I, i've I've said this quite a bit there's three there's three things that i wanted like at the end of this whole thing and uh one that was that was i wanted to go out on a win two i wanted to go out on my terms i don't want to have like the UFC say like hey man like you've lost three in a row we should probably look at you know we're gonna cut you or whatever you know like one of those nudge nudge things where the guy, where the fighter just doesn't realize like, Hey, you should have been done a long time ago. You know, we see it all the time. And then lastly, I just wanted to create some financial freedom from the sport of MMA. And, uh, I've done all three of those things, you know, I, as it sits right now, if I left today, all three of those things are accomplished. And, uh, yeah. So I don't, I'm not saying I'm done. Obviously I, I'll jump in on a day's notice or if that just seems easier for me, I train every day. Like, you know, it, it is what it is, but, uh, I enjoy coaching. Uh, I've, I've, I'm like 70 something fights pro and amateur, uh, October of this year was actually my 15th year fighting since my first fight. Uh, like at some point you got to be done. Right. And like, I've always said, I, I wanted to quit a little bit early rather than a little bit late. Once again, I'm not saying I'm done fighting, but I, I'm not also actively looking to fight either. So <laughs> I don't know what that means um but if I if I finished if I was done today if I never fight again I'd be happy with what I've done as a fighter and I'd be even more so happy with the transition into building a team and coaching
0: yeah, it's funny you say that because, you know, outside of the one, you know, the, the split decision loss you had when you jumped up a weight class, took a fight on extremely short notice, a fight that absolutely no offense whatsoever to Trevin Jones. I thought you won. Um, you know, you've been on a great streak. I mean, you've had like a great, you know, great streak in a row and then beating Claudio Silva is a big one as well. But you've been so busy with the coaching and the gym and all the other things you're doing. Like, is it, in a weird way, it's almost feel like, you know, that's kind of taken, I almost taken the place of fighting, but it just feels like priorities have shifted. Is that is that fair to say?
1: 100% yeah I mean I think a lot of times what what uh the problem is with the fighters is this is one of the hardest sports in the world to quit because they want that drug they want that highest high and they don't want to go out on that lowest low you know so they're constantly seeking the drug again and for me I'm still getting the drug you know what I mean it's just I'm getting it differently now and uh so it's an easy it's an easy segue into coaching for me like I'm still heavily involved in the sport uh I'm still at the fights you know I, I'm still fulfilled you know, as a as a competitor, I'm still being fulfilled from the MMA standpoint, and uh, honestly, more so even. You know what I mean? Like I don't. You can watch me at the end of my fights. Like I don't smile. Like that's not a big <laughs> deal to me. You know, like I've been doing. I've been fighting for 15 years, man. Like, and I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm not happy to win or anything like that. But like, watch watch me after one of my wins, and then watch me after one of my people wins. You know, after one of my people wins. You know, it's it's different. So I get I get uh, much more fulfilled out of watching other people's success than I do my own.
0: Yeah. So not retired, but you know, you're not, you're not calling you're not calling Sean Shelby or Mick Maynard saying, Hey, get me a fight. But you know, Chris Curtis is around 24 hours. Notice you might jump in there. We might see you jump back in there that way. Something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he took the fight on a day's notice. Like he trains every day. We're both 70 pounders. We were going to fight at 85. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was, it made sense. I liked the matchup. I'm sure. I'm sure he liked the matchup too. I don't, I don't know, but like, he took it on a day's notice. I would have taken it on a day's notice. We're both 70 pounders fighting at 85. Like, was it, you know what I mean? Like, okay, like, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, yeah, I, don't, I still train every day, man. Like, I'm in the, I just trained, I did an hour drilling and five rounds uh, grappling just an hour ago. So, like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I just train every day still.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Back when back when I was at another company, I don't want to mention their names because, you know, a little bit of ill will towards them, maybe a little bit on my side. Little, I'll let that go. Uh, we did stuff with the Ultimate Fighter back then, and we were doing, like, yeah. weekly video blogs and things like that, and uh, you were doing analyst stuff at that point, and I know you were coaching at that point, too. You had the gym. Did you ever imagine? Well, I guess the dream scenario is kind of what you built, right? Like, you built glory into becoming not only a great gym, but, like you mentioned, 17 fighters in the UFC, I mean, I don't know, like in your wildest dreams, did you imagine this is where it would be because you really have created, you know, one of the top gyms in the, in the country one and you become one of the top coaches in the country. I mean, it's, it's a pretty amazing accomplishment because we got to be honest. It's not easy to do that. We hear about guys opening gyms all the time, but that doesn't mean you're going to actually create a successful team.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, I did know it was going to happen. I just didn't think it would happen this fast. Uh, I didn't think it would happen while I was still fighting, you know? And, uh, but we have an amazing culture, man. Like we have a really good, we have a really good culture. Uh, we have a really hardworking team. Um, we've done a good job staying small, but getting bigger, if that makes sense. Like it's a bit, man, it's a very tight knit group. We have a, we have, I think we have 52 in our morning practice this morning and it's, it just, it's kind of like Kansas city in itself. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a big city, I guess, but like, it's still got a small town feel. We're a very blue collar team. Everybody works hard. And uh, it's a, we have a great culture. Um, it's a blue collar culture. Everybody everybody works hard. Everybody helps each other, and uh, I'm really proud of the team. You know, everybody everybody's bought in. You know, and that, I think I don't know. Uh, I'd like to think that comes from some of the stuff that I'm doing. But uh, everybody's bought in on what we're doing. Everybody is all in the same direction, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to see.
0: I had this conversation a lot with Matt Brown is a good friend of mine. You know, he has his gym here in Columbus and he's getting towards the latter part of his career and he's acknowledged that. And he's told me many, many times as much as he loves fighting and he absolutely loves fighting. He's like, I know one day I will be a better coach than I will be a fighter giving back to the next generation of fighters. I will eventually become a better coach than I'm a fighter. Now, again, you're not retired, but I know you said you're not actively you know, looking to fight again right now. Do you feel like in that way, kind of the same thing with you, like you become a better
1: coach. Like, do you, do you like coaching more than you, than you like fighting? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I do. At uh, the grand scheme of things like, man, like it gets tough at times, like travel and stuff like that. Like I've been on the road. And this is like my first weekend off in a long time, <laughs> a long time, like <laughs> 10 weeks, 11 weeks, something like that. So like I'm on the road almost every weekend. So that can get a little tedious. Right. But like, uh, Everything's Everything is in moderation, right? I mean, water is great, but, like, if you have too much, it can kill you. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's just everything's good in moderation. But overall, yes, I do love coaching more than I do fighting.
0: I know throughout your career, James, and I know from us doing interviews and talking, you've never been the guy who's looking for, you know, people to be like, oh my God, James Cross, the greatest thing ever. And, you know, things like that. You're not the guy who looks for praise on social media, all those kind of things. But what does it mean for you that your work is being recognized? I know I've tagged you a bunch on Twitter when I hear you in the corner and see you coaching. I'm just like, man, like, and I, and I bring it up because you're not that guy. You're not the guy to go on Twitter and say, I'm the greatest ever. You know, look at me. I'm writing books and, you know, put me on Twitter and all this kind of stuff. You're not. That guy, so when I acknowledge you on Twitter or social media, I do that because you're not that guy, you're not the guy to go out there and say, Pat me on the back, I'm the best ever. But do you appreciate that your work is being recognized? Because I think at this point, we've seen it from media, from other fighters, from analysts like, we're recognizing what you're building at Glory is pretty special.
1: Yeah, I, I, I appreciate our work getting noticed. Yes, absolutely. Because um, it's not just me, man. Like, A, I have a team of coaches that, that help out a ton. But, man, it's a, it takes a lot. You know what I mean? These fighters, they, they, they put a lot of trust in me. And, uh, yeah, it does. To answer your question, yes, it means a lot to me when, when people notice that. Uh, because I work hard, man. I work really hard. Um, and I, I spend – I've dedicated and sacrificed, like, pretty much my entire adult life for the sport. And uh, more ways than most people can even imagine, and uh, it does feel good to know that that sacrifice has paid off to a degree. You know, like I do feel like some of the other top coaches are starting to like recognize me as a as a peer to them, and uh, yeah, I mean, like it's 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 pretty cool. It it really is, and uh, I, I I try to watch some of the other guys, you know, other the other top coaches that I really respect. And uh, they they play a similar they play a similar game, you know the, the top guys they don't. It's just like how can we get everybody better, you know what I mean? And uh, it's it's good, man. It's a, it's all those guys, all the all the good coaches, in my opinion, that I really respect are are big into leadership and culture as well. And uh, that's not good leadership, is you know saying hey look at me, blah blah blah. That's not what that is. So I think I think people uh, we build as a team, you know. So like to answer your question, yes, I'm really proud that people are starting to recognize what we as a team have built not what i have built was i a part of that 100 was i a big part of it yes but it's not all me you know i'm just happy that everybody is starting to recognize our hard work together for sure
0: yeah, absolutely. Let me shift gears a little bit. One thing I want to talk to you about, and it's been a big subject lately in MMA, and I know you see it because, you know, you've been there, is the the culture of cornering in mixed martial arts. And and, and I, I know you saw the discussion, I'm sure you heard about a couple of weeks ago, the whole situation that with Aspen Ladd and her coach, you know, very vehemently, you know, kind of, I won't say yelling, but very you know, very much, you know, try to, I don't know if you want to call it motivation, yeah. badgering. I don't, yeah. There's a lot of different opinions on that. One thing yeah. I've always appreciated about you, James, and this is one of the things I've always complimented you on, is you are such a a uh, great corner man. And there is a, there is an art to it. Let's be honest. Just being a coach is not just being a corner man. There's two different things there. Uh, and I know it's not one size fits all, but I saw a tweet or I saw a thing on Instagram uh, after Tim Elliott's fight. And you, I mean, you took responsibility on yourself. I, you said, I one hundred percent thought we won rounds one and two and you basically apologize for getting it wrong. But we've always there's again, there's no right or wrong answer and every fighter's gonna be different about what they need. But I I wanna get your opinion on where we're at with Corning because like I'm a big believer in honesty, and I think that, you know, I'm not saying you're 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 telling your fighter that, you know, they suck by saying, Hey, you lost these first two rounds, something's gotta change. Oh, I don't I'm think gonna... there's <laughs> yeah, I'm... So, kind of walk me through because I'm curious because I, oh, I I but I hear and you know you heard it too some coaches some corners are like we're doing great I think you won those first two rounds and everyone watches like they did not win those there's no way they won either of those rounds like I want to get your opinion on this because I think brutal honesty is good but like when you look at the Aspen Lad situation like is it too much like I don't know you tell me
1: um I'll actually defend Jim West here like I have a couple of questions for us like one would we be asking any same questions if Aspen was a man. I don't think we would. I don't think we would. Two, they've been together for like nine years. A lot of people don't know that they're a couple. Like,
0: did you know that? I did, but only more recently within the last like year or so.
1: Yeah, they're, they're a couple. So if anybody knows how to talk to her and and another thing is like, he's talked to her like that before in between rounds and she won and, and he was praised for it. So it's like, man, you gotta know who you're talking to, bro. Like, you gotta know your fighter. You gotta, you know what I mean? Like, I can't talk to one person the same way I talk to another. Like, different personalities. Like, I make all my fighters take a personality test, and like, it helps me understand how they're going to uh, connect with things and uh, and and understand how do I how how can I talk to them? How can I connect with them to get them to understand the easiest way? But, dude, if anybody knows how to talk to her, it's him. You know what I mean? Like, and if he felt that was the way, I. I this is my whole thing. My whole thing. I think this whole conversation would be null and void. If, if was a man, <laughs> I don't think anybody would be saying shit. Well, I don't I actually, you
0: know? yeah, I agree. And I actually said, I go, we go back, you know, a couple of podcasts, I actually had Matt Brown on as a co-host for that episode. And I said, I think people are overreacting. And I said, that was part of it was because she's a woman. And I said that, yeah. listen, you know, at the end of the day, He's he knows fighter. her better he knows her better than we know her. He knows what she needs. Like that's and that's what one of the reasons I always compliment your cornering is because you are, you know, I've heard you in your corner with your fighters. You are brutally honest with them. You tell them, but you also motivate them. Like there's a it's a balancing act. And I feel like in that moment, like she wasn't doing anything. <laughs> like he had to get her going. And you know what exactly. she had her best so what, rounds. What
1: does he, what does he lose? He she was already losing and once again. Man, he's done the same thing before and he was praised for it. Like I, yeah. I, the, the internet blew up over how he was great coaching, great cornering, and it was good. It was really good, but now he does this, thing. it's bro, these people honestly, these people don't know shit. You know what I mean? Like the, most yeah. of people don't know shit. And like that's that's the that's the reality of it is, is these people don't don't know anything, man, and they just they're just trying to make comments and even some of the fighters don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You know what I mean? And it's just like dude, like man, if anybody knows how to talk to this woman, it is this one dude. I guarantee that if there's anybody on the planet that knows how to talk to this woman and get her fired up to get into a fistfight it's him. You know what I mean? Like it's not only it's her coach, it's her uh, spouse or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. They've been together for years. They've trained together for years. Like, you know what I mean? Like anyway, it's, but you're right. You're right. There is, there is, there's coaching and then there's cornering and then there's motivating. There's leading. There's a lot of different things that go into it and it's not, uh, I've seen good coaches be terrible cornermen, and I've seen not so good coaches be great corner. And uh, yeah, I mean, a corner can lose you the fight. I've seen it. You know what I mean? Like shit, I've probably I've done it. You know what I mean? Like It's it, it's uh, it's, it is what it is, man. You know, it's just uh, when you're, when you're, I say this all the time to my guys, like whenever you play at the highest level, uh, Steph Curry said this, I think it was Steph Curry or maybe Chris Paul or one of the, the, the big NBA guys, um, he said, if you play at this level long enough, you're gonna get shook. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna get dropped on your ankles uh, once. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna happen. And if you play, if you play this game like I play every weekend, like Jim West plays every weekend or whoever, there's gonna you're gonna get shook. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna get dropped on your ankles a couple of times, and you gotta be, you gotta take it with the punches and, and go. You know, because the reality is, is 99% of the people saying their opinion don't know what the fuck they're talking about
0: hundred percent. hundred percent. That's true. And it's funny because when I watch you corner, like one of the reasons I really like, it sounds weird to say I enjoy watching you corner, but it is because I learn when you're talking to your fighters and, and, and again, the way you talk to Tim Elliott may not be the way you talk to one of your other guys or girl or whoever, but I love that in, because I watch it. And the reason I'm so fascinated by it and I really am fascinated by it is because you have one minute. And you have to basically assess everything that happens in a round, in a five-minute round... In that next sixty seconds, you have to tell them what went right, what went wrong, and what to do next. And that's a really special talent to do in sixty seconds. Because I'll be honest, there's a lot. Like when I watch like that crazy wild round that happened between uh, uh, Morab Devashwili De, De, and uh, and Maro Marias. I'm still trying to figure out what I just watched in five minutes. Like it takes me like a good two minutes just to figure out what happened. As a coach, you've got to get your guy or girl you know, back ready for the next round. Like
1: it's, it's, there is an art form to it. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Like a lot of, I, I think it's, it's, it's a lot in your personality. Like this goes back to the personality test thing that, that I, that I make my guys do, but it, a lot of it is like, it's, it's called uh gross motor skills versus fine motor skills. Like some people are able to see how it is unfolding right in front of them. And then others are able to see like a little bit more, into the into the future it's the difference between a quarterback and a running back you know what i mean like they're able to see like what's going on and then they're able to see it unfold right in front of them. so it's like present and future right like are you able to anticipate what is happening and what's going to happen and i think that's what with, with, that's what makes a good cornerman is like a is recognizing like okay if my fighter got in trouble what what happened what is getting us in trouble you know what is, what is the action that is we're getting uh consequence for and how do we fix that and then on the other side of that as like the opposite like what are we having success with and what what are they lost with what do they need to adapt to us with okay cool they can't reap they have no takedown defense on the right side reap you know whatever like okay let's keep driving that home and it's uh you you go to the well until the the water runs dry you know and a lot of a lot of people even at a high level aren't able to adapt mid-fight you know the guys that are able to adapt mid-fight do really well and uh I'm really big on specific coaching and I get a lot of criticism for this. Like I'm with my fighter. I talk the whole time. And uh, I just, I, i study psychology. psychology. People like to hear their, you'll hear me say great job, Tim Elliott. You know, people subconsciously, they want to hear their name. They're rewarded for their name. You know what I mean? It's kind of like how you treat a dog. Good boy. Good boy. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. It's the same action. And whether they're conscious of it or not, it does work. It's a proven fact. It does work. And uh, I like to be very specific. You know, some people are, you know, look for the cross hook. Okay, well, why are you looking for the cross hook? Like, what do you see that's open? And I think one of the things that I have is I'm able to see, like, what is working in front of me. And that's, I, I don't, you know, there's a lot of other coaches that can do that as well, but I'm, I, maybe I'm just more vocal with it. I don't know. Well, I think it's, I think, like
0: I said, one of the reasons I love listening to your corner is because I like, <laughs> as a guy watching the sport, covering it and writing about it, like when you are talking to your fighter in the corner, you're talking to them, but you're also talking to me because I'm watching. i like, okay, let me see them go out and execute it. And so many times your guys and girls go out and do that and execute them. Like that again, I know you probably get sick hearing this, but that's one of the reasons why I drop your name on Twitter. Like every weekend when you're coaching, I hear you coaching. I'm just like, this is awesome stuff because they listen and you have that relationship with them. And I am, if you don't let me asking them, I'm fascinated about the personality test. Where did yeah. that, where did that come from?
1: Um, was it's the Briggs Myers test. It's like, uh, you, they did it in the military for like world war two. I think it was world War one, world War III, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's a simple test. It takes like 15 minutes to do, but what it'll do, it'll tell, it'll tell me, how you like to be talked to. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the five love languages or whatever. It's kind of like that, I guess, like, how am I able to connect to you? The easiest, like, what, like, are you emotional? Are you mechanical, uh, you know, are you uh introvert extrovert? Like what makes you tick? Like, and it, it talks about like being friends with, uh, a, an ISDF or, you know, whatever your four letters are, you know, and it, and it, uh, it talks about those things and, and it's easier for me to like, Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. That's why, whenever i yelled at him it didn't work i just need to talk to this guy more and then i can yell at you julian or whatever you know what i mean like whoever you know it's just but it that that for sure and another thing is i think a lot of people don't understand this is like whenever i'm talking and i'm i'm talking and i'm uh i'm giving success like yeah hey that a boy i'm also talking to the judges too like that's another thing that people don't like they connect my 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 action my my request the success and my reaction that goes there boom bank that you know what I mean like and if I'm if I give a reaction every time my guy hits that's that's why when the ties you land a low kick that oh hey that's the same idea only now if you hear my request you the request goes through and then oh and then that you bank that you know what I mean so it's it uh I'm not saying like I'm cheating the judges or anything, but it's all psychology, man. Like I studied, I studied that a lot. And it's, it, it is a real thing.
0: Oh, it's, I remember, I'll never forget. I was K and cause a lot of people who don't, unfortunately the folks who don't get to go to the, the events. And of course I've been to dozens. Um, when you don't have the commentary, you hear all the things around the cage, you hear the coaching, you hear all the things. And I remember, I'll never forget this fight. Martin Kamin fought Diego Sanchez in Louis in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and in my opinion, Martin clearly won the fight. He was landing the better punches. But Diego was so aggressive and throwing so many shots, he was missing. I think he probably landed like 12% of the shots that fight. But every time Diego threw a combination, the crowd went nuts. The crowd yeah. was going crazy. And I guarantee you, without a doubt in my mind, that played a, that played a factor in the judges scoring that First, fight. Because watching Cage side, it was hard. Did he connect? I couldn't quite tell if he connected. But the crowd's losing their mind. He must have connected, right? It's absolute place in the psychology of judging and thing. we can't deny that
1: happens. hundred percent. It's you're absolutely correct. It for sure happens. It's a real thing. And, you know, I don't know to what degree, but like, I'll take every little, you know I mean? We're dealing with the one percenters here, man. You know what I mean? Like I'll take every little advantage I can get. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And I think that's, I mean, it's, it's brilliant. It's funny because you do, you, you talk so much about psychology and again, you know, the X's and O's as a coach, you know, the ins and outs, you know, you know, how to execute a Kimura, you know how to do all those kind of things, but coaching and, and cornering, as we've said, goes so far beyond that. It's funny to me. I, I feel like you and Matt need to like sit down and have a conversation because Matt Brown says a lot of the same stuff. He studies psychology, reads a lot of books and takes that into his coaching. And I imagine that's a huge part of it because again, it's more than just the X's and O's. It's more than you need to you know go left when he's going right. There's a lot more to it than just that
1: yeah well another thing another thing that i think helps me is like being a fighter like i see a lot of those moments when somebody's ready to break uh and like they want out of the fight or they're ready to give up a position you know and like if my guy trusts me you can you you've you've watched me corner enough to know you when i feel adamant about something you fucking know, you know what I mean? like, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go crazy you know what i mean like if i if i see you gotta squeeze like i'm you're like go 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 like i'm all over it you know and uh like, if I tell you to press, like, and you hear the urgency in my voice, there's a reason for it. Like, I'm not just saying this shit just to say, like, if I tell you, to, uh, a great example is watching uh, Julian fight uh, Maki Patola. Like, I knew he was, the Maki was just tired, tired, tired of trying to wrestle him. I just, I knew he would give up a position if we just kept pressing him. And Julian's got some hammers, and he kept pressing him, and, you know, it ended up how it did third round, anaconda choke which is a transition we worked two things throughout that entire camp so much hundreds of reps one was the back defense that got him out of 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 trouble in the second or third round and then two was that that guillotine to anaconda transition that won him the fight
0: yeah. It's amazing and I know you talked about, you know, how much coaching has become, you know, your kind of your life now. I mean, of course you're you're a great, you know, father and, and husband, all those kind of things too, but I'm saying like in professional life, coaching has become such a big part of it. You've started to really build Glory MMA into such a tremendous gym and you've got a lot of great fighters out of there. What you know, in your own career, because you did accomplish a lot and you did a lot as a fighter, and I'm sure There's a part of you that you know. Of course, you would have loved to have you know fought for a UFC championship and 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 gone to do those things. But what would it like? Would it mean more to you at this point, like to build up a Julia Marquez, to build up you know one of your fighters and see them become a champion? Like, can you even wrap your head around like what that would mean to you again? To like to have that happen, because. Almost most of your fighters, and I again, I want to give credit. Also, you've had a lot of people seek you out now, which I love. I love seeing that people coming to your gym to say, "Hey, help me out," you know, teach me things like that. But so many of your guys and girls are homegrown; they've been there with you for yeah. years. What would it mean to you to build one of them into a champion? To build one into a UFC champion?
1: I uh, I dare you to go back and find an interview of me saying that I want to be a world champion or I want to be you know this or that or whatever. You won't find it because I've never really cared. Uh, I do want to coach a world champion, though. You know, I, that's that is a bucket list goal of mine is to is to win a a, a world title world title in a major organization, and uh, you know I think I have a few guys that can do it for sure. I really do. Who you know I don't want to I don't want you to
0: single anybody out, but you mentioned seventeen fighters in the UFC, Bellator, of course. I, we just saw you work with James Gallagher, and I want to mm-hmm. say I know he I know he didn't come away with the win against Patchy Mix, but I saw so many improvements. In, in James yeah. Gallagher since he's been working with you and I can I can only imagine because I'm I'm a big believer in time, you know, builds. And I think the more time you get with the James Gallagher, the better he's gonna get. Um yeah. but kind of look at the next tier. You got a lot of young people working at Glory as well. Can you give us a couple give me a couple names like who we need to be on the lookout for in the next year or so that whether we're talking contender series, ultimate fighter, getting in the UFC, who's the next crop of glory MMA fighters we should be on the lookout for? In the UFC or out of just a, just any, just anyway, basically young, young up-and-comers, we need to know their names now because a year from now, yeah. two years from now, we're going to know their names.
1: Uh, Jeff Molina is the first one that comes to mind. I know he's starting to get a little bit of steam behind him. Uh, kid's a buzzsaw. He's really good, man. Uh, really good 25er. Really good striker. Really good striker. Um, David Onama uh, took the fight on a couple days' notice at 155 against Mason Jones. He's a 45er that doesn't cut a ton of weight. He's, he's never fought at 50. He, I think he weighed 158 when they fought uh, and he, and he took that he was on vacation in Alabama, uh, <laughs> when he took the fight, you know, he was, he was literally on a week long vacation there. So, uh, David is really tough. He's, and he's young and he's athletic. And he hits like a truck. Uh, he's really good. Uh, really good. Um, Mike Breeden, uh, fan favorite fighter like he's a live by the sword die by the sword guy he's somebody's going unconscious you're very rarely going to watch that guy go to decision some somebody's you know if he's not knocking somebody out he's probably going to get knocked out because that that's just his style is is get phone booth you and uh big hooks and big shots he's he's a he's a big puncher uh we've seen a trey ogden and joe holmes just got signed for the looking for a fight uh, both those guys had amazing performances. Uh, I know I'm missing some man, but we have we have a really good crop of young guys. Uh, you know, and those are just the the guys that have like three fights or less in the UFC. You know, they're. Uh, I'm, I know I'm I'm forgetting some, but uh, man, we have a really good uh, we have a really good group of of guys right now that are just phenomenal
0: yeah as if you don't have enough on your plate and i don't know i'm sure you do kind of remember this back when we did the ultimate fighter stuff i said james you need to be an analyst like you need to get in there and be an analyst and you did right after that you started doing the analyst. but you're so busy right now like do you still want to do the analyst stuff at some point or is, is just coaching and things keeping you so busy it's hard for you to tear away from that because i imagine most ufc fights you get you're in the corner so it's probably hard for you to ever actually do the analyst thing anymore
1: yeah, it's listen. I I do love that. I really do. And at some point, I wanna I wanna revisit that. Uh, I think I'm supposed to start commentary for LFA here pretty soon. So that nice. would be pretty cool. Uh Yeah, I do. It's just really tough for me to commit. Those guys want commitment, like two three months out, and it's just really difficult for me because if I have a fighter comes up, that's my commitment is to my guys. You know what I mean? Like that's hundred percent. You know, and uh, yeah, so it's it's tough with the schedule for me to do that. Like I, I think on my Southwest. I think on my Southwest flights alone, not counting other flights, I think I'm over 40 flights this year Jeez. on Southwest alone. And that's that's not, you know, I've taken other airlines, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm on the road almost every weekend.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's one thing that gets missed. Like you look at a Daniel Cormier who does a tremendous job with the analyst stuff and does the, the commentary. But he, even though he coaches at AK, he's not a head coach. He's not Javier Mendez who needs to be in the corner. You are the head coach. If you know, if, if, if one of your guys is fighting, if Julian's fighting, let's say you're going to be in his corner. You're not going to be yeah. pulling Anna's duty. So that, I imagine that makes it that much tougher for you to commit to anything like that.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I hear a lot about that, you know, like Khabib's getting a ton of praise, like he's helping those. Like, but that's the same thing. He's not their head coach. You know what I mean? And, uh, I've built these guys from ground up a lot of them. And I'm, this is not a shot on him. I think he's, I think he's doing great. And obviously everybody in corners is a fucking monster. You know, he's, he's amazing. So that's not a shot on him at all, but, uh, yeah, it's just different. It is a different role. You know what I mean? Like, you're 100 percent correct in that. Like, I'm I'm coaching these guys on a daily basis. Like, I worked with Grant Dawson this morning individually. You know, I work with I work with every guy I have in the UFC at least once a week individually.
0: Yeah, that's another one. I love Grant Dawson, man. That kid's a monster. I think he's got such a bright future ahead of him. Um, And I'll tell you what, James, now that you've done this once, and I know you're like the busiest dude in the world, but I'm just going to tell you ahead of time, I'm going to pull you back here to do this again. I'm just letting you know you're not going to be off the hook. Uh, Thank (laughs) you for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. It's so funny. Like, I've texted you, and I I always tweet at you and stuff, but you're always so busy. Uh, I really do appreciate you doing this. And and man, and I know you, I, I say it again, I really do mean it. I know you don't do it for the praise. You don't do it for like the accolades, but. Sincerely, I think you've become one of the best coaches in this sport, Thanks. and I – I really do get a thrill out of watching you go out there and do your thing and, and become one of the best coaches because, like I said, it's an amazing thing because, again, it's not easy. What you do is not easy. And for you to do what you're doing is pretty amazing. So keep up the great work, man. Uh, you're killing hey. it to glory. You're killing with all your fires. And sincerely, thank you so much for doing this. I really do appreciate it. And 100%, I'm going to be pulling you back in here just so you know.
1: Yeah, man. Hey, I had fun, dude. Like, any, anytime, if I'm free, I, it's no problem at all, man. Feel free to text me anytime. I had a, I had a lot of fun. Absolutely, James. We'll talk soon, okay? All right, brother. All
0: right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. There you go. The James Krause coming in strong. Uh, Again, uh, make sure you tune in each and every week to uh, the Fighter versus the Writer. I think next week, if I'm not mistaken, I think next week we'll have Anthony Smith is going to come in as a co-host for the first time. We're going to break down uh, Font versus Aldo. And, uh, and get into UFC uh, 269, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. It's kind of crazy. The year, the e- end of the year is fast approaching with only three more UFC cards uh, left in 2021, uh, of course. So we'll be getting to that. Of course, we also got a big Bellator card coming up in December with Anthony, or excuse me, Sergio Pettis and uh, Kyoju Haraguchi. That's going to be a great one as well. So uh, we'll have lots to talk about in December, of course, coming up. I uh, want to say a big thank you to James Krause once again for doing the show. Make sure you check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, you can also find us over on MMAfighting.com. want to say a big thank you once again for everyone tuning in. We'll see you next week for another edition of The Fighter vs. The Writer. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then. to the Vox Media Podcast Network.